One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. All right. Sheldon, I mentioned technical difficulties. We are playing by them tonight. Yep. It's a lot better than us forgetting to tell you to record that time. Oh, Oh, funny story, Sean Tabaris. Funny story. I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Stephen Putt. And we are Commander in. I I tried to say it without laughing and failed. You can't. I know. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, and boy, do we this time around. But never, ever talk about three banned topics, religion, politics, and Hearthstone. This episode, we're talking about a new format, if you will, Unmander, and we're going to focus on unstable cards in Commander. To do this, we brought on an expert. As we know... The Rules Committee has decided most uncards are usable in Commander until January 15th, 2018. As we are also aware, after reading Reddit and much of Twitter, this has destroyed Commander forever, TM. Gosh, whatever (laughs) shall we do, Phil? (laughs) So, we have with us tonight two guests. The first is one, if you were listening to our last episode and episode 124 of Commander's Brew... This is Sean Tabaris. Say hi, Sean. Hello, everybody. I will be the resident Sean for this episode, uh, <laughs> un- unless other Sean joins. Yes, but in- until then, Sean is probably out doing something terrible with rabbits in the English countryside. Well, actually, <laughs> ever since Unstable, he's been earling over his squirrels, you see. It's a British <laughs> nobility thing. He totally uh, took over and has decided to form his own earldom full of rodents so uh we wish <laughs> you well lord sean and uh good luck with that <laughs> that's brilliant and we also brought on the if you will the first among equals on the rules committee sheldon menery hey gents hello sheldon how you doing this evening uh phil and Chivum and new sean primary sean <laughs> doing well doing well <laughs> it's great to have you on sir as the uh most destabilizing force in the history of Commander, both in creating it and then running a wrecking ball through it every couple of months. We are very thrilled to have you here with us to talk about Unstable, conveniently enough. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really happy to talk about having some fun with Commander. Why would we want to have fun with Commander? This is the spikiest of all spike formats, didn't you know? Oh, I think I might have missed the memo. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is the Tudor format. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I it took a left turn into Canadian Highlander. Sorry, I want to come back here. We, we just call it Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sean Tabaris, of course... Most of our listeners already know, and I expect most of our listeners already know you too, Sheldon. So some people call you the godfather of EDH. Why is that? Do you uh, do you whack 
rude dudes on the internet. Did he whack? Is that really yeah. what you asked? It's mafia speak for eliminate. Oh, route. oh, oh uh, yeah. That, I mean, being, being an Italian American, I think I resent the uh, the <laughs> ethnic stereotype. <laughs> Not a denial. But the answer to your question is, I don't know. Do you deserve to be whacked? Hopefully not. <laughs> this is not Prophet of Krufix talking. Uh, I'm totally just untapping my lands normally on my turn. Don't pay any yep. attention to me. The new listener who has just joined us and is new to EDH, Sheldon is one of the people who popularized the entire format. EDH is now called Commander by Wizards of the Coast for product reasons. And it's because Sheldon brought it with him from Alaska and exposed all of the judges to it that EDH is played today by so many people. Otherwise, it would kind of be this niche judge thing. Yeah, that's that's true. The There were very few, well, there were only five people playing it when I brought it from Alaska and when I moved to Virginia. And then my local, when my local group started saying, this is the only format that he wanted to play anymore. Because I showed, you know, they were casual players. I showed them the format. And soon it was like, well, let's go back to that EDH format instead of sort of just random multiplayer. Yeah. And it made me think. And I took it to the Pro Tour. I think one of the, one of the important days, uh, times, was the first Pro Tour I had judged in Atlanta. And... You know, we'd had three, four, five judges already interested, and I had been talking to some folks online, and we just got a crowd. We were playing, and suddenly there was a crowd. And, yeah, here we are all these years later. The judges the judges, and the, the folks in the judge program were definitely the primary evangelicals for the format. But then, you know, we were also, it was also born in a time when online things were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and online communities were getting larger and larger and it just swept like wildfire through the magic community almost instantaneously. Like it was just like one match and a bunch of gasoline. Wow. I mean, Commander is easily the most popular fan creative format ever. I mean, it must be... a I feel like you inventing Commander or bringing it to the people is one of the biggest things to happen to Magic since Magic, really. Just <laughs> in terms of like the fact that I don't think there's been anything outside of the offices of Watsi that has impacted the game nearly as much as this has. I, you, you might be right. Uh, I know that the, the impact of Commander is bigger and bigger and bigger. And we think about it bigger and bigger and bigger without losing its small roots. Mm. And that's part of why we brought you here today. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an important message. If we're going to talk to anybody about bringing in the most casual of cards into Commander, it would probably be the guy who forced us all to play with them for the next month and a half. <laughs> Yeah, forced and forced you to play with <laughs> you've, them. You've twisted forced my us. arms and shoved a bunch of cards that give me denim walk into my commander deck. <laughs> I resent you for uh. it. 
We can tell you're now last year was a uh, kind of a tough year and we can mm-hmm. tell though you're you're back to full health because people are flaming you on the internet again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think when I was uh, recovering from cancer treatments, uh, people took it easier on me a little bit, but now they're like, "Hey, you're healthy. Gloves are off." <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what? I I I am very happy that I've helped create a format that people are so passionate about that they're willing to insult me on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great perspective, yes. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest, Commander is my favorite way to play Magic. Absolutely. Which is why I co-host a Commander podcast. But we can talk about this more as we get into the show. Yeah. And so we have a couple of things before we get to the main topic right sure first before we have we have some news sheldon what are you drinking these days well you know commander is a a podcast that i have to both physically and emotionally <laughs> prepare for. <laughs> so let me let me tell you let me tell you what my evening looked like. Yeah. We ate dinner. And and listeners, you might want to sit down for this because Sheldon's life is very difficult. Go yeah. on. We, we we ate dinner. Now we normally, you know, we we're foodies and we normally cook, but I'll I'll confess that uh, our plan today we didn't really want to leave the house. So we this afternoon we ordered enough carry out Chinese food to have two meals for. So we had we had some of it for lunch <laughs> and some of it for dinner. That's awesome. But but after we we after we ate we drank a bottle of two thousand thirteen Costa Brown Pinot Noir from the Russian River Valley in California. I know where that is. A world-class Pinot, if uh, if I understand what the meaning of world-class means. And while we were having that, we were sitting out back next to the pool, and my wife and I played a game of Terraforming Mars together. So awesome. That, so that I could get a, um, a in, into a proper mindset. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife is actually a rocket scientist. Oh, shit. Um, she has a, she has a degree in aerospace engineering and technology management. And when I showed her, she's not really a big gamer. I mean, she's played a couple of board games, but not really, she's not really a big gamer. And when I showed her Terraforming Mars, she's like, this is, might be the best game I've ever played. And she's sort of, she's sort of been addicted to it ever since. It's Hmm. a really cool game. It's really fun to play. It's it's a blast. So I've never played it. It's yeah. It's it's probably the best board game I've ever played. So we played a game of Terraforming Mars while we finished that nice bottle of uh, Costa Brown, and then to sort of relax my spirit, we mm-hmm. got into the hot tub, drank a little twenty-year-old port, and then I came up here and sat down on the computer and uh, <laughs> and and waited for you fellas. Wow, how do you make it through the day? It's a struggle sometimes. <laughs> Life is you hard. You know, there, there are there are eternal questions. 
is this all there is to life? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have earned it, sir. You've worked very hard for it. That's excellent. So I've written down now in our show notes, Costa Brown, uh, Pino 2013. If you don't mind filling in the details, I might, I might in my quest to maybe be Sheldon, try to be Sheldon, live the life of Sheldon. Here's one of the things about Costa Brown. It oh. is, it, you can only get it directly from the winery. You can't go into a, into a store and buy it. And the waiting list is three or four years long. So, oh. so if you want to be, if you want to be like me, 2021, you should probably um, start. I should have started now. already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'll send wow. you. I'll send you. I'll send you in though. You know, just getting on the waiting list. It's not cheap. No. But uh, it it's one of those things that when you drink it, you you'll be happy that you're a human being. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> that's uh, and of course if, if you ever if you ever come visit we can of course break out a bottle or two mm. Mm, that's enticing that's very enticing I feel that way when I drink a grape crush <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah you you and me can be on the sober side of this table that's all I'm saying we'll sit at the kids table <laughs> <laughs> all the wine in my house is used for cooking I mean, it's still really good, <laughs> high-quality wine, because I'm not, like, just going to get scrub juice, but I don't really drink. I just like to cook. Did you say scrub juice? Scrub juice. You know, scrub like uh, Costco wine or yeah. 7-Eleven wine. Yeah. <laughs> or it just, comes in a box. Yeah, grape juice that just got sat around for a really, really long time. <laughs> Prison we wine. Want, we don't want no scrub juice. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, Speaking of scrub juice, you can find our decks, and uh, maybe Sheldon will talk about one of your decks uh, a little bit later, or fit in what you're doing at the end, and we'll put all of these decks up on Deckstats. You can get to it by going following this link. It's real simple. Deckstats.net slash Commander and MTG. Hopefully you know how to spell Commander and MTG, and uh, it's real easy to find if you if you are on a computer web browser. So go there, take a look at our decks and tell us what you think of them. We want to mention, as we sort of did earlier, we last episode was episode 120. We spoke about, we did the first half of a two-part show about unstable cards in Commander. Where's the second half? Well, tune in to episode 124 of the Commander's Brew to hear that second half. And truthfully, it's better to see it in video. Mr. Tabaros, what do you have to say about that? I mean, I'm a visual person, so I always like video better. <laughs> I do like your little glance into the camera there, sir. Yeah, I, I, I forget that we're not video right now, so uh, but I'm still trying to practice it. <laughs> yeah. No, I do that on uh, a whole bunch of video calls, too. So yeah. for those of you who have not yet had the fortune of playing with Unstable, either draft or in your brand new all uncards except a few banned uh until january 15th 2018 commander decks take a look at game nights number 13 by the command zone that's an excellent video and it has mark rosewater and gavin verhey facing off against josh lee kwai and jimmy wong 
it's an awesome, awesome series, first of all, the whole Game Nights thing. And this one in particular is great, and it will let you see all those fancy unstable cards that maybe you haven't had a chance to see yet. It's tremendous fun. Go, uh, go draft it. That brings us to our main topic, doesn't it, folks? Which is, uh, Sheldon, did, did Wizards of the Coast put you up to allowing un-cards un in Commander for an entire month? They, in fact, did not. <laughs> it Wait, was... you're destroying conspiracy theorists all across the planet right now. Yeah, well, uh, I have news for those people. The world is also round. What? Yeah, no, it was our idea. We had talked about it. We talked about it some months back. I, I, I know, I, and I'll say it was, it was Gavin's idea, Gavin Duggan's idea. He's like, what do you guys think? And the other three of us were like, hmm, that, that might have some legs. But there are a lot of problematic cards. So <laughs> let's, let's think about it. And yeah, then sometime last month, we were, you know, we were just sort of all chatting with each other. And uh, it came back up again. We're like, why not? Let's do this. Commander, Commander is intended to be a fun format. Hmm. We want people, we want to create epic games that, that you'll always remember, not experiences you want to forget. And nobody is going to remember when somebody turned three combos out. But hmm. everybody is going to remember that crazy play when one person played Stormherd and in response, somebody else mirror weaved all the creatures into play into suture priests. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not right, yep. man. <laughs> yep. Right. And that, I mean, that's, that's, that's the heart of this format. Back in the day, you know, back in the day, we were the, we were like the dollar rare format. Stormherd, Stormherd was sort of exemplar of, um, of a commander card or an EDH card back then. But it, it was, it's all about, it's all about bringing some fun and, we when we looked at we finally got a look at the unstable list was what really kind of tipped us over it was like there are no cards in unstable that are really problematic right, right. there there are some i mean there are some that have their issues and i and we're going to talk about some of them but there's no i don't think there was any card on the unstable list that we would reject summarily, you know, that we would like out of hand go, no way couldn't we ever allow this in the format. So when we, when we saw that, we're like, you know, this is maybe even a little better idea than we initially thought. Now, of course, we knew from the get-go that one, it would have to have a limited lifespan, and two, that it was going to be controversial. Yes. You know, that we're not we're not you know, we're we, we aren't naive enough to think that that everybody was gonna go, Oh my god, this was the best deal the best idea ever. We knew we knew exactly what we were getting into. But yeah. we also knew that it was gonna it was again gonna create some of those 
some of those games that people will be talking about years down the line. And that's what mm -hmm. we wanted. We agree. I mean, as you know, we had, it was much later than you, but we had a similar idea that we would, after seeing a bunch of the unstable cards, and in particular when we were doing our preview card for unstable, go to jail, we looked at go to jail and we were like, this is a black border card, right? The only thing that makes it silver border is the die roll. Mm -hmm. And then we, 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 we kind of stepped back and we looked at a bunch of other cards and we're like, wait a second, almost all of this is within the tolerance of, how, how does Sean Tabaris put it, the wacky, wacky commander experience that we love. One of the things that, uh, especially like, I was always against the earlier unsets because they were just not fun experiences to play. But this set looks fun enough to be willing to try it. And moreover, one of the main reasons a lot of us play Commander is because we want to be able to play with all the cards we own. And one mm -hmm. of the problems with unsets has always been you buy the cards, you play the draft the one time, maybe you play one uh, constructed deck, and then yeah. you put them away and never see them again. And in Commander, which is the format of every card and the format of all of us casuals, but not even casual, but that's the, you know, the name we're stuck with, it feels like, well, <laughs> why can't we you know, try out some of the Silver Board cards? Why not have a good time with sort of D&D or what have you? And so I'm really glad that we're at least getting this chance to have open season on it and just see if it works. If it doesn't work, yeah. then we'll just be like, okay, well, that was neat. Otherwise, hey, let's go for it. Well, yeah, we talked about one of the things we we talked about was, okay, what do we make the lifespan of this? Do we make it sort of uh, a whole season? Do we wait till the next Magic release? And we actually settled on 15 January because that's the next the date of our next announcement. And mm. it it just it was from the first of December. It seemed like a a nice sort of square number. Like okay, from now till the time we make our next announcement is it's enough time for people to get an idea of what they're into, but not too long because even the funniest joke told too many times <laughs> starts to become unfunny fair and and we did we didn't want it to the we didn't want the idea to, to sort wear of wear out, out welcome. welcome yeah yep so a relatively short period and, and especially just helped across the holiday that you know it's it's sort of uncards seem very christmasy to me and maybe it's the association with the with the you know with the annual holiday cards but it's just yeah. it's uh, it, it's always snowing in Silver Bordered Land. And <laughs> yeah. so it's, it was the perfect time of the year to do it. That's exactly it for me. For me, uh, it felt like one of those holiday promotions you see other games have. It's like EDH celebration, open season, play all your cards, have a good time. We'll mm -hmm. see you after the holiday. And that's how I read the initial announcement. And I was like, all right, awesome. They're just going to have a party for all of us. And then you start looking at the responses from people. And it's like, you swear that I just said, no, you have to actually sell your baby. That's just what's <laughs> going to happen. And I'm afraid that your house is now forever an Airbnb. And you have to pay <laughs> rent in it. And also, I mean, it was just like, these guys were just acting as if you went and forced these cards into their decks. And I'm like... Hang on a second, buddy. This is all he's saying is for the next month you can sit and play weirdo cards, <laughs> and if you don't want to, nobody's going to force you to. And I, I do think it's important to note that, like, it's like like a it's a casual format, 
for, so I think the only people who will truly be affected negatively are the people who regularly go to like game stores and play with people they don't really know. I play with a regular meta that we play all the time. And I'll tell you this, we're not going to be able to get together with our unset commander decks till much before January 15th anyway. So we're just going to allow ourselves to use them after January 15th. And if our meta decides we never want to, we won't ever sure. allow ourselves to do that. So I, I really don't see if people are angry about this. I, I think that's such a narrow... I'm trying to imagine what are the circumstances under which you will be forced to play with other people who are using cards you don't like. So you brought up a very good point with the stores in that there's two basically two ecosystems for commander right there's the one where we're playing in my house with my friends we meet up regularly we play our game of commander and then there's the people who don't have these groups available go to their lgs and they're like look i just want to play with my you know my attraxa deck my brea deck and i don't want to have to deal with the fact that I'm wearing jeans today, so this guy's going to have yeah. unblockable minotaurs or whatever <laughs> other, like, he's going to have to put his head in the pie or some nonsense. Okay, I get that. You've got limited time to play. You don't want to deal with Wacky Town. But isn't that just as simple as saying, hey, guys, are we playing with the unmanned rules or normal rules? And then you're done, right? Like, all of us have multiple decks. Yeah. I mean, and okay, maybe that's not a fair statement, but you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I, I feel, and then if if like if it's truly a problem, if there's an LGS out there that has a big, like, robust commander night, and it's really divided, I mean, what's the harm in saying like we're gonna have some? Here's a couple of pods that are only like yeah, do, oh, don't use uncards, and here's a couple of pods that do. Like, I mean, a star's gonna do what it's gonna do. Yeah, I I I have to tell you the the thing that sold me on the idea. And I'll be honest that I might have been the most resistant in the in the beginning. When the idea first <laughs> came up, I might have been the most resistant. What sold me on the idea was that it's the opportunity to show people what kind of fun they could have hmm. with these cards. And, it, you know, sort of flip the, flip the legality switch on the silver board cards and show, demonstrate them so that if they find it fun and they have their local group, that they can then just use them. You know, n nobody's going to, if you have a local group, um, like you said, Sean, nobody's going to stop you after the 15th of January from no using way. them. And we're hoping, we're hoping that this, this period will sort of open your eyes to, to how enjoyable a circumstance or an experience that playing with them might be. Yes. Yeah, but what you've done is you've now changed the pool of cards that the most competitive players need to know about and need to understand and playtest in order to make the best and most competitive and cutthroat decks. Well, let me tell you something, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that I'm flattering myself when I tell you that I know a thing or two about competitive magic. Hmm. What would you, Go Mr. On. Judge, know anything at all about competitive magic? <laughs> As a matter of fact, and I think I've said it on this show, I'm not sure there are four people, any any other four people than uh, Scott, Gavin, Toby, and myself, who would know more about competitive magic from an administrative standpoint. Like you were at level five, weren't you? And so was Toby. Jeez. <laughs> Gavin was a level four... <laughs> and a net rep and Scott 
has been the Pro Tour manager since 2002 or something. It's so absurd. So, <laughs> so, so, so we, we know a thing or two about competitive magic. We love competitive magic. People think that, people think that, that the RC hates competitive magic. We love competitive magic. I made my bones on competitive magic. This is not that. Yep. <laughs> and and the thing that I'll the thing that I will say to the the competitive players is one of the one of the things about competitive magic is understanding how to quickly adapt to new circumstances. You know, we we do pro tours on short release schedules and the the pros don't have a hell of a lot of time to to play with the cards before the big event. Online has helped a lot. You know, you can do a lot more playtesting uh, in the online era than you could back in the day. But right. still, it's, being competitive is about adaptation. This is just another a circumstance of adaptation that, they have to, that, that the competitive players have to go through. And I really can't imagine too many of the cards are going to have that much of an impact on the competitive side. Yeah, mm. and I mean, I, I, mean I, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about that. Uh, you know, I haven't really thought about parsing all the cards on the competitive angle. But if if we're talking competitive magic, uh, competitive commander is a is a three or four turn clock, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Okay, right. look, if you have spike in play, then yes, you could probably just tutor up time vault and key and just win instantaneously but if you're sure. doing that why did you sit down to play commander like <laughs> isn't the whole point that you could sit down relax play with your hundred cards do your thing if you're winning on turn one okay well now the rest of us are just going to start another game of commander bye like what, you, <laughs> like what did you get out of this well i mean our, our message our message the whole time has been if that's what your group if that's what your group wants if everybody's on the same page that's fine if, sure. if you're if four or five people sit down and try to see who combos out fastest, great. If they're enjoying themselves, who am I to say that they can't do that? But that's not the that's not what we're sculpting the format to do. Yeah. We're sculpting the format to create something a little more dirtly, a little mm -hmm. more group enjoyable, and we want to get more people on that page. Oh. Yeah, I, I think that that attitude is what Commander is. And, you know, I mean, forgive me if this is just pure repetition. If anyone's just so angry about this, I just don't think... I don't. I think that's just the internet, right? People just gotta be angry about mm -hmm. stuff. People, <laughs> people, people aren't happy with it. I mean, uh, people. I, I, I'm. I guarantee there are metas out there right now who have a an unwritten rule where no one plays counter spells. I'm because they don't like that. I'm sure that exists somewhere. Sure. So, so why not? Like, why not let people? Like, yeah, right. Like, if you don't, if you want only predictable games where everyone plays by the rules you like. You know, maybe you got to open up the scope of your way you interact with people. Or play a different format. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like there's a shortage of competitive formats. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. And that's the, when, that's one of the, one of the hallmarks of this format is that it's the, it was intended from the get-go to be the 
not competitive format, to be the anti-competitive format, to be a haven for the people who didn't necessarily want to play in the competitive format. You know, right. uh, being a competitive Magic player is really difficult. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of brain power. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of dedication. Not everybody can be really good at it, and there's there's a lot to it. Not everybody wants to do that. There are people who want to play the giant dirtle fests that that we all love oh. when we when we sit down and play. I mean, that's and what I'm so here nice for, man. Hear that. This is this is <laughs> what we created the format to be, and. You know, I always want it to be, and I will defend with my last breath, Commander's ideal that it's going to be the best format that it can be on its own terms. Hmm. Like, I'll be honest, the reason I play Commander, the thing that got me into it was the, abil the ability to make a deck based around my favorite card of all time, Kjeldran Outpost, which is has not been competitively <laughs> good for 20 years. <laughs> but I don't care. It makes me soldier tokens, and that's all I want in life. And Commander is the game, the only place in Magic where I can tap my soul ring and spam out a bunch of 1-1 soldier tokens and have a good time. And, like, that's what I, this is why I'm here. So things like, on things like Conspiracy being in uh, Commander, I'm all for that because somebody else, that's what they're here for. They've loved this card since forever. They want the chance to play it, and Commander's the only place that'll let them play it still. Mm -hmm. Sheldon, I have, I have a question. If you, if you wouldn't, I don't know if this is changing the, so as the rule committee, I'm really curious if you're able to speak on like the, I know you referred to like the idea to make it more fun, but I guess what was the discussion around? Because my I was surprised to hear the announcement because I just assumed everybody was going to do that anyway. And I uh, assume that as a rule committee, obviously silver border cards are not a permanent, like they're not, they're, they can't be legal, like on a permanent scale like mm -hmm. that without a very complicated unbanned or banned list. So I'm wondering why you felt the need to do this. Like, I guess I just assumed what, what, here's my question. When you were talking about this, I guess I don't have it in a question form. I guess I'm just surprised <laughs> I get, that I, I actually I get where you're I get where you're going, Sean. Yeah, uh, it was it was to give a voice to the people in the format who might not have a voice. The, there are plenty of people who love the silver boarded cards, and this is their 45 days. But I, I guess, but don't you think they those people are already going to be playing with them regardless of whether you made it legal or not? Not necessarily because because they're always going to get shut down in the in the open environment with the legality argument. It's like, well, those are illegal, so no. And well, now yeah, they can I go suppose. to their LGS and and they can go. This is you know it's legal right now, so yay for us. I guess that I I do see that point, but I also I my assumption is I haven't looked too much it's been a very busy week for me but i would also assume that with the release plenty of stores would just be doing that under their own like special commander night rules anyway and if and if someone loved commander so much i i guess i would hope maybe i'm giving too many people too much credit of organization but i was hoping people i would assume people would just be like how about i pitch this to my store what if we do a commander night using all silver border as legal which seems a fun thing to do to mark the set yeah, I I agree, but it's it's our experience that there are a lot of there are a lot of stores that don't want to that don't want to upset the apple cart as it were and 
just go with the baseline band list. They don't create their own. You know, I, I, I hope that there's there are stores that go, at our store, we don't like this card, so we're adding it to the band list, you know. But it's it's our experience that most most open environments just go with the as written rules, and for uh, you know for good reason. That's why we have that's why we have a base rule set in the first place, so everybody knows the ground they're operating on when they go. Whether, whether you go to your LGS, whether you go to a GP or a PPTQ or whatever, you know what you're getting into. And again, this was a little bit of. You know, we know that there are there are fans of the Silver Bordered, and you know we want to talk to them a little bit too, so they have the opportunity to to have their moment in the sun, as it were. I see that. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's pretty surprising, but and I think it's because of the drive toward tournaments and and so forth that Magic started way back in the day, right? That the standardization of rules, even for a very casual format, is something that most people, like you said, you call them uh, open environments. But even at tables, people are like, wait a second, you know, that card was banned and we can't play that anymore. Mm-hmm. And and for all of the good that brings, it also means that there's very little experimentation when it comes to cards that are clearly not part of the, the, the tournament meta, if you will, the silver-bordered cards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I may bring in a personal example, so my Brea deck, I built it around, like I've said many, many times, I built it around the card Thopter Pie Network, the holiday card from last year, because it's so cool. I love that. <laughs> and I've gone to tables where I've sat down and I've been like, all right, guys, I'm going to be playing with my Thopter Pie Network deck. And they're like, oh, you can't play with that. That's a silver card. And I'm like, this is Commander. It's just casual. It doesn't, it's not that great. They're like, no. And that's sucked, right? Like, that's a bummer. And I just swap it out with, like, something else, whatever. But the, I think what Sheldon's getting at is that for the next 45 days, I can do that now. Yep, and I'm not the only one who can sit there and finally say, look, man, I, I'm not going to get too many chances to play this, but let me just have this one. It'll be cool. But here's my damn Thopter Pie Network. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> love that card. Cake Elemental. It's a month and a bit where we are truly all equal and everyone <laughs> will be treated the same. <laughs> exactly. Uh. <laughs> well, what and so we saw all of these wonderful cards in Unstable that may not be traditional black border cards and so forth, but uh, you know most of the cards with the die rolling, most of the cards with augment uh, augmentation actually, and uh, even a lot of the contraptions. Right, these are not really game-breaking cards and they add a, a dimension to magic that we just didn't want to lose so that's that's kind of why we got together with commander's brew and we're like let's let's hammer out this this list and figure out essentially it, it turned out to work according to like mechanical breakdowns like all the dice it turns out most of those are just fine right and so we've created this list and hope that other players will use it as a resource and come to it when you can kind of say, if you want to play un unmander, <laughs> it's a little weird without that hard C in there. The, I love if you unmander. Want to play un, yeah, it's really cool. If if you want to play unmander, well, we've got a resource that, even though it's not official, it's at least balanced. We've been looking at it. We're looking for egregious violators and making sure that they don't 
uh, in terms of cards and making sure that they don't spread. Seems like a reasonable idea to me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe after the 15th of January, we'll actually have a website up where, I don't know, maybe uh, somebody could point to it. I don't know if that's something, but... What now? What what cards in Unstable did you see, Sheldon? Like that that called out to you and were like, "This is a commander card." Well, I not, gotta... and I'm not saying that this is official, nothing like that. It's just yes. like you looked yeah, at yeah. it and like, "This is this is whatever everything that commander should be." Graveyard busy buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All your graveyards are belong to us. Yeah. And I want obviously want to combo that with over my dead bodies. Yep. I love so that, that I can attack with everybody's graveyard. The, you know, that 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 really screamed to me as for, sort of format appropriate. There there were so many cards in this set and I, you know, I as we're sitting here talking about this right now, the thought occurred to me, I wonder I wonder if the outcry would have been so great if it was just unstable and not all silver bordered cards. Ah, uh, maybe. Because you know there are some problematic silver bordered cards, and obviously we we banned as many of those as we we thought reasonable. We didn't expect what we saw from some some folks threatening to do with nerf guns. So the second day we were like, oh no, we got to ban yeah, that. Yeah, when you guys didn't ban that initially, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're even thinking. Those are like like even when they made that card, I was like this is the the most destructive thing I've ever seen. I would never sit down and play with that. And I'm all about weirdo things. But um yeah, yeah. well like Toby like Toby said, we had we had hoped that that folks would be a little more reasonable. But, you know, we also had to tell them they couldn't rip up anybody's, somebody else's property. <laughs> I saw that. That was a great tweet. I yeah. can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I, we really just had hoped that folks might bring a little more reasonableness to it. But once they started threatening, you know, giant nerf cannons that have been modified by the engineering students at their local universities, uh, like... We don't want anybody to lose an eye. Yeah. It was... I mean, some of these physical cards are just ridiculous. And I get why they <laughs> made them, but it just... If you start throwing dice at my cards, I'm getting up from the table. That's just the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, you know, a lot of people were like, were like why did you ban Ashnod's coupon? Because it <laughs> seems like the most un-thing there is... And the the reason is that there are some folks for whom getting up from the table is a little more difficult than others. You know, when you get to me like uh, like I am a gentleman of an age, you know, my mobility isn't what it used to be. So there are, and there are a lot of folks, there are a lot of a lot of folks who have some trouble getting up and down from the table. So we yeah. didn't really want to we didn't want to force them into that situation. The you know some of the other dexterity cards like side to side didn't really seem like people would be playing anyway uh, but I would certainly I would certainly caution folks or ask people to to be 
both responsible and sort of discreet and humane about any of the the physical cards they play. Mm. Well, and I would like to just uh, maybe, and this might be a, a, a more personal request. I haven't run this past the commander and guys, but I almost <laughs> feel like as the, the rules committee, I think it's probably worth making some sort of statement. And personally, I think all of the physical cards, especially in this day and age, probably should have been not in the game because there, you know, I know that there's people I've seen at my LGS with who are very differently abled and yeah. who are unable to like. It's very funny for me to like attack with. Uh, I forget the one where you like you don't get to you have to pretend you can't you don't have a finger anymore. Right. Uh, but like it's very embarrassing when there's I know there's people in the store who you know, uh, we're born with less than 10 fingers. And right. I don't, I, I don't think that's a, a very kind thing to put, especially with magic's efforts to be inclusive of all people of, of all sorts of, yeah. you know, adjustments of any kind. And again, yeah. I mean, I, I, part of, part of what we hope going in was that, that folks would be understanding about the, about ideas of inclusiveness. Yeah. Cause some people just like, like the fact that you have to, there's there's a pirate that gets flying if as long as it's it's above the above battlefield. The table, yeah. It's like you know n- not everyone not everyone's able to p- use their cards in that manner and mm-hmm. have n- have no ability to do that right. uh, currently. So I, I kind of feel like those should have a blanket ban just in the name of inclusiveness. Not a terrible idea. Yeah, and and those are cards that we using our three point system of spicy, medium, and mild. The physical cards are the ones that we labeled as spicy. They fell into mm-hmm. the spicy category. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if you want to go hog wild like we're currently doing with Commander, sure. But if you want to if you want to rein in some of the more egregious cards, then you will not use the cards on the spicy list. What about, and I don't know now, I don't know how much of this you can actually talk about, but there are a number of cards that just scream Black Border, and not Black Border in, in the sense that these cards exist, like uh, Amateur Auteur does exist, right? right? But other cards like Beast and Show, or uh, uh, I'm not sure if all the versions have the same thing, but and Buzzing, <laughs> buzzing Wackadoodle, and <laughs> even even some of the versions of Every Thingamajig, right? Like, these are, these are reasonable cards. Do you see these things eventually transitioning into Black Border? Well, I think... I- didn't somebody on one of the design teams say something about it being a testing ground for Black Border cards? Yeah, both Mark and... Gavin, yeah. Yeah, Gavin Verhey said that it, it's it's a testing ground, but who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I obviously I can't speak to that. It's not like I'm on a design team, but uh, it, seems, it seems like if some of these unstable cards make interesting splashes that they would be, they might be candidates. Uh to, to add to future sets or yeah. mechanics like them. You know, Gruzilda seems like something that <laughs> might be reasonable. I mean, yeah. You know, we have things like Stitch Together, which is kind of what Gruzilda does. So it seems okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't expect to ever see Party Crasher uh, make the transition to <laughs> non unset. But there are plenty of other ones that seem like. If they had a black border on, you would expect them in a set. Yeah, Grisilda is actually she's 
uh, I'm going to say totally reasonable, but put an asterisk next to that. <laughs> right? This is the one that says combined enchanted and equipped creatures you control have menace. That works in Black Border. Uh, yep. Three black and red tap. Put two target creature cards from graveyards onto the battlefield combined into one creature under your control and it with a definition of combined. That's that's fine. That exists. Yeah. Right? We have Bruna. You know, it's it's a mechanic that already exists. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, 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 it's, it's just, it's in this uh, silver barter set because that's when they thought to print it, but right. could have very easily been black barter. Yeah, I mean, I augment seems like it could work. Or yes. Augmentation seems like it could work. I mean, the thing about augment is that if you're dedicating your entire deck to making an augment deck, go for it. Like, right. you have to put in so many cards to have that theme do anything at all that sure. I almost feel like it's totally fine to play the augment. And for the most part, they seem really just fun more than broken. I yeah, mean, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, I do have a question, though. Contraptions. Because yeah, yeah. this is a big one that I think has been a lot of discussion in the com- community. Is that Because Rosewater said, to use contraptions in a constructed deck, you build a deck of 15 contraptions, one of each, or you draft however many you draft. And you obviously need to have cards that'll let you assemble the contraption and put them onto the battlefield, etc. Mm-hmm. But in Commander, why would you not just have a contraptions deck with every deck you play? Is That's like the extreme version. For me, I'm super excited to want to try the contraptions because I also love the conspiracies. I love extra things like plane chase. And I found that the contraptions are basically a new level of magic like that. Uh, but... To the doubters, or do you guys in the rules committee rather have any suggestions or use cases for how to make contraptions work? Well, I mean, you build the, the deck <laughs> of at least fifteen contraptions. Well, at least it's at least fifteen, <laughs> right? I, right? You know, is that the rule? Yeah, it's at least fifteen. Toby corrected me. I was like, it, oh, no, I, I thought that. it was exactly fifteen. And it's at least fifteen, but it's singleton. Yeah. Uh, sorry, is I, I'm I'm behind on this. Is that what? You guys came up with or no, 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 no. that's that's uh, official no, that's constructed a, rules yeah. for oh, unset. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, you've got to put enough cards in there to make it work. But the whole idea of the sprockets cranking, uh, you know, and the machine grinding again, that's that's something that I doubt would ever make a translate a transition to uh, normal magic, but seems like a kind of a fun thing to do. It's administratively, it's a little more difficult because you got to have now you got to have a deck and you got to have your contraption deck. Then you have to have your sprockets, and you know suddenly there's no room on the table. Yeah, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I, logistically contraptions might be a little awkward, but uh, but otherwise they seem like a lot of fun. It reminds me of a little bit of a little bit of a inner plane chase thing going on. Well, what what it really reminded me of was another Richard Garfield game, Robo Rally. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on this turn, turn left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, I sure. mean, the contraptions remind me of a bunch of uh, steampunky board games that I've been playing lately, where it's like every turn you do this thing and all of these things go off at the same time and right. you get your energy and do your resources. And, and I love board games, so I was super excited to see a board game style thing appear in Magic. Yeah, it just makes me sad that everybody else is like, oh, no, boo, and I'm like, shut up. 
This is fun. <laughs> I think I, th- I think the bo- the booze. I mean, uh, my my only disappointment with the contraptions is that most of them are far too ordinary, and I get that yeah. they have to be to to prevent them from being broken. But they all do very ordinary things for the most part, and so I'm just not super excited about them. That's just personal. <laughs> they seem like. Not quite random, but definitely they obviously are rotating minor benefits and they kind of stack up over time. You know, if you can if you can hit it so that you've got a couple of contraptions cranking. <laughs> I love I cranks saying? and sprockets. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> like if you have a couple of contraptions cranking on the same upkeep, th- that can be pretty significant. Well, it's I also feel like like I know that. Commander games tend to get a little bit long when there's four or five people in them. And if my thing only cranks every three turns, what's that, every hour? My, I, get, I get this effect every hour? Yeah, it's kind of uh, when you get to construct a contraption. <laughs> it, it's all about putting it on the right sprocket. Dude, all I know yeah. is that Gift Horse is the best one. It lets you roll 2d6 and then create a number of 1-1 one, one goblins equal to the difference between those. And with all the random dice modification things, you can just spew out a, yeah. a horde of goblins every couple of turns. And I just love the idea of that. <laughs> yeah. Or gnome ball machine. It's just like, crank out a couple of gnome balls. Yay. It's so dumb. I love it. I love everything <laughs> that's dumb about this. Yeah. We do love gnome ball machine, don't we? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. Like, there are obviously some cards in unstable that are just going to break the game in half like uh the more or less card the number one because uh it lets you change a number up one or down one and which means that for instance necropotence now costs you zero life to use or you know phyrexian arena costs you zero life when you draw a card if you play it twice you get to draw two cards for zero life (laughs) it can get pretty silly and if you're of a slightly spikier mindset, you could probably just find multiple ways to use a more or less to break the game in half. But I think that if you're playing Silver Border, just the nature of it is going to force you to mentally crank back into fun as opposed to into win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I see contraptions, uh, before we go too far from them, as sort of like fragile emblems, right? Mm. Because... Except when they're on the battlefield, they effectively don't exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They go to the scrapyard. There's no way to recover them. Sure, I guess you could copy them and clone them. But again, they're on the battlefield at that point. They're just artifacts. And they're subject to all of the artifact removal. One Shatterstorm, think... all your clanking is going to go away. So. <laughs> oh, what a that... nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, we rated it as a as a group. The this is a mild spiciness. This is definitely something that belongs in commander and in of course our list. This will be mild and it's it's acceptable. And this is one I definitely think we'll see it again in Blackboarder now that they figured it out. Maybe not with the same, certainly not with cranking and contraptions and stuff like that. But that ephemeral effect that comes and is vulnerable to other effects and goes forever. That's awesome. But good on them for honoring the contraptions of the Steam Flogger boss. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, good, good for honoring that promise you made, what, 10, 15 years ago? You know, they must have been so regretful. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see 
the ideas for contraptions that got left on the drawing board. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, you know what? Maybe we've already seen one or two as regular <laughs> mechanics. They just haven't told us. Right. Oh, oh yeah, because they, they could have stolen from the unset. No doubt. To put it in Black Border, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, a good uh, question. Yeah. Let's see. That's contraptions. That's augment physical <laughs> cards. Dice. So dice. Old Buzzbark or Buzzbeard or Buzz <laughs> Buzz 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 Buzz. He Buzz wants you to huck dice at your cards. Why didn't you just ban that guy for not breaking other people's properties? Uh, I I mean, I guess again we had hoped we we had we had hoped for a level of reasonability hmm. from people, and I. And for the most part, I really think people will act responsibly. And if they, you know, if they're in an environment like an LGS or side events at a at a you know at a bigger event, I would hope that the 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 officials there would not let them get out of hand. Fair. Yeah, like like if if I'm if I'm playing a game and my opponent tries to resolve old buzz bark and they pull out this weird like you know they just like wind <laughs> up fist above their head like i'm gonna like stop them and tell the person at the star like this person is unnecessarily violent can you talk to them please like right. uh, i'm i am a bit naive that i always assume that the world could operate on people just being decent and I said, so you know, I don't know, man. Can't People got to be kind of normal. I don't know, man. I sat down at a table where right after Leovold had come out, they sat there and had the Leovold Teferi's box wheel of death handlock combo going on where it's like every turn you're just basically throwing your card away immediately because Leovold steals all your draws and you never get to play again. So those groups definitely exist. And those guys are probably going to find a way to just uh, – Control your cards, but you know, mm-hmm. right, but, but there's people, a difference. People like, who want to damage other people's property is not an unstable problem, or is not a silver bar right. card problem. That's a that's a people problem. Fair, fair. Yeah, I, I I think that 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 reasonable people will not try to do things like that. And when there are unreasonable people, the the folks again who are the authority figures are gonna. Sh- want to shut that down pretty fast fair <laughs> yeah i guess yeah. that's true people are just kind of going to police it nobody's going to want to like just really start i guess banning nerf war pretty much set the point like please yeah. don't do this <laughs> now what about external players right people you have to ask to play you know kind slaver is a great example for this where mm-hmm. for five and a tap you can get somebody you sacrifice it and you can get somebody from outside the game to play target player's hand. And the key to me is that neither player may advise that person <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> until the end of that turn. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely great in a silver border environment. Yeah. Now, if you if you play Kindslaver and you also have Rules Lawyer in play. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <sighs> you could probably advise the person, but then go... Well, I'm not technically advising them. I'm just talking, and they happen to be listening. <laughs> and they just happen to be here. 
<laughs> well, I, I also I also feel like like the workaround if you want to be like super annoying about it and not play with the spirit of the card is before you like with the ability on the stack, you find your person and be like, here, here's what's going to happen. Right. Here's how I want you to play it. Right. Now it resolves. Oh, so good. Yeah, I, I mean, who's going to I I think I think in some cases we're a, we're a little worried about the corner case scenarios that aren't actually going to happen. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, uh, sure. There's going to be outliers. There's going to be one or two people who, who show up trying to make other people's lives miserable. But for the most part, the people that are going to play with the, with the silver bordered cards are not going to be those people. Exactly that. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that actually sums up a lot of the criticism I've seen online. And I'm just like, you guys don't understand. If somebody is coming up here with a deck that is so bonkers town that they need to, you know, slide their creature into somebody else's game and then have them come back, I think you can expect a certain level of loosey goosiness of just like, hey, just enjoy yourself. We're going to have a good time. It's not going to, it'll get crazy, but it'll get crazy within reason, right? Like, if you can come here with your mono Narset, you know, everybody punches themselves deck. I can come here with an Earl of Squirrel and we can yeah. meet in the middle and have a good time for an hour or two. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I want to take it one. I want to take it further and say that, like, going back to Kindslaver, I would like to enact a house rule that says if you ask someone who doesn't know how to play magic, we're going to assume that everything they do is allowed in the game for that turn only <laughs> just to see how it turns out. Yes, that would be amazing. So my sorcery can attack you, right? Yep, if that's what Sounds if like that's how they interpret it, then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, I'm all about that. Well, the card yeah. is the yeah. card's a bird. The card's a whippoorwill. Of course, it flies. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I I attack with this fireball. Uh, okay, how much damage do you think it does? <laughs> That's great. I don't know. A hundred. Well, too bad. I guess Gosh, it does a hundred. That's hysterical. Oh, that sounds great. We did get a uh, couple of questions from folks, and I'm looking through them now, and we've answered most of them. We, of course, had uh, questions from Andy Bentley, who is the heir to the Bentley Car Company. <laughs> He's not really, but we like to say that. What he wonders is if this will affect people who are playing commander at a future GP just because it becomes so popular, maybe? Is this actually a door to including certain silver border cards in the future? No. This, it's, it's, not a, it's not a test. It's not, uh, it's not a proving ground for anything. It's, it's mm. really just the, the sort of the format in microcosm. Let's have some fun with it for this period of time. Now, what local groups and even extended local groups do by themselves, we're happy with. As long as people are having fun, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're here for in the first place. If at an SCG Open, they go, these silver border cards are, are legal in your commander decks, sure. But as far as we're concerned, this, this thing has a, a limited lifespan. Mm. And it's not leading any place. This is... This is about the journey, not about the destination. Fair. And and, and I want to add, like, and if anything, if this inspires people so that if I can go to the GP in the future and expect 
a side event at some point during the day where they're like, this side event is, you know, commander where the un cards are legal. What a wonderful option that is to have. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, again, it's it's about it's about openings. It's about to open some eyes to, a, you know, a new, a new way of having some good times. Yeah, I'm all for it. And in the yep. meantime, GP Santa Clara is going to be right in this window. I'm going to be there. <laughs> Bring your silver borders. And let's do this. Oh, that's great. Uh, yep. And what I suggest you do, actually, is you keep that silver border deck, right, and just write Unmander on it, and then bring it wherever you go and just say, hey, I have an Unmander deck. Anybody want to play against it? Yeah. That sounds like uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let and, me get uh, all my props ready. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, you'll want to write mild, medium, or spicy, spicy on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A friend of mine on uh, Twitter, Pseudo Soldier, wanted to know... If what if your uh, military background impacted your judge training at all? And I thought that was a super interesting question. I know it's not related to the onsets per se, but I was just really curious, and I wanted to to hear if you had ever uh, considered that. Yeah, as as a matter of fact, I saw I saw the question and and thought that it was an extremely good question. I mean, one thing that you learn about in the military is leadership. And I had been in the service, let's see, I certified as a judge in 1996. I joined the service in um, 1984. So that's, I'd been in 12 years when I certified. So I was already a staff sergeant and had, you know, had, a, had, a, had an amount of leadership training. Hmm. Also, there's organizational management. So the the skills the skills of an NCO directly translated into being a good judge and the skills of being a leader directly translated into being a good high level judge into being a leader of the program cool i'm a i'm a big believer not in just what the military does but in what the military brings to the people who serve you know, the, we know about the educational benefits. You know, you can sign up and uh, get money for college and GI bills and whatnot. And, and quite honestly, I'm still going to school on a GI bill. On the post 9-11 GI bill, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to get a master's degree. Cool. And that's one of the obvious benefits. But I think one of the, one of the subtle benefits is organizational and management training. And not just having a skill set, but knowing what to do with your skill set. So the real answer is my, my military background directly translated into me being able to be a great judge. That's hmm. awesome. Yeah, that is. Not a lot of people draw connections between military service and playing Magic the Gathering or judging it in your case. It's a form of playing. And that's that's really cool to hear. Incidentally, one of our other patrons, Hunter Pruitt, I saw him over Thanksgiving. He's the one who joined the Marines in May. And he kind of jokingly said, oh, say hi to Sheldon for me. <laughs> so there you go. I don't think he realized I'd actually say hello. So I want to say to Hunter, thank you for your service. Be careful. Mm. Yeah, he he showed us some of his pictures from his PT. And it's just like, I am not doing a mile's worth of burpees up a hill or what Listen. have you. <laughs> Listen, Hunt, Hunter, Hunter joined the Marine Corps, and they are very serious about one thing, being Marines. Fair. <laughs> Fair. And, I mean, I was in the Air Force. 
Air Force basic training was not all that difficult. It was not <laughs> physically demanding like the Marine. I mean, you're right. Those those people, those women and men in the Marine Corps, have the highest respect for what they can put their bodies through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As an aside, he told me that in order to go on leave for four days, he had to do a mile of burpees up and down a football field. And he had to do that 16 times, of course, because of the length of a football field. And, and the only way they could make forward progress is by doing a burpee. <laughs> That's just so miserable. Yeah. He, he, cal- he says he calculated about 630 burpees in an hour and a half. Whoa. Oh, well, God, my stomach. It's yeah. you, like, <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. Cool. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> we, we, should have, we should have issued a warning before saying that. So we also want to thank David Mitchell for chipping in a bunch of questions. We answered most of those, and some of those aren't on. And we are running a bit long, so I want to make sure we focus on the, the unstable stuff. Brian Dale, who is at Jay Temkin uh, from Twitter, one of your followers, he, he asked now that we can get a silver board of Judge Promo rules lawyer, can we get things like Grimlock? <laughs> or is this a one-time deal? I honestly can't say. I don't have any influence over what judge, judge promos get made. I think Toby might have some input in the sort of, hey, these are the cards we haven't made judge program, promos out of yet. Never hurts to ask, though, right? Sure doesn't. L. Starcano, who is, this will come as a complete surprise, at L. Starcano on Twitter, he wants to know if the rules committee will consider adding at least some of the uncommanders to the list of normally allowable cards. No. But you say no, Sheldon. I say, I, I say no. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like that kind of just was like, when I say no, I said no. <laughs> I mean, um, listen, listen, listen to me. No means no. Yeah. And I'm not fooling around. No means no. So like February? Hey, ask your local group. It's not, they're never, no, they're never going to be officially legal. We're not going to add a couple of extra silver-boarded cards to the legal list, mostly because the messaging on that is nightmarish. Yeah. It's easy to go. They're all legal. They're all not all legal, you know, except some banned ones. But this one, this one, and this one are legal, and nothing else is just, it, it, it's a layer of, of sort of a communication problem that you don't want to ever get into yeah that's a that's that's a layer of pain you do not need to go that said that said what's i mean one of the primary tenets of the format is what your local group agrees to we support yeah and of course we will have our own list of unmander cards so check that out we'll publish the url when that's available it'll be somewhere on our site and maybe even at uncommander.com which i did register (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, <laughs> watch evil I'm going to save that for after the podcast <laughs> uh, Sheldon since you've been on we actually have started and you can thank Gavin Verhey for this we've started uh, to, to look at some of the anagrams available by scrambling the uh, letters of our guest names okay this is this has resulted in wonderful names like Bathmat Shiv which of course <sighs> is Shivam's <laughs> Shivam's uh, best anagram. Now we and we provided a list down on uh, slide twenty of this thing, and uh, it is ordinarily fun. I format it, but it's we didn't a long it. list. Oh my goodness! It is, but I like Herdsman Elion. Okay, 
That sounds like it would be a really <laughs> great D&D character. Wow, these are long. Or, Holy uh, crap. Slender and homie. <laughs> My favorite that I found is Lend Horsey Men. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that goes with the unset, like a hor- half horse, half man or something yeah. like that. Adorable kittens. Oh, yeah. God. Dude, yeah. half kitten, half horse. How fun is that? Uh, oh, God. So, wait, you're a judge, and this is unset. What do you think about the rules lawyer card? Uh, I think that it's the one unstable card that we came closest to banning <laughs> for this period. Mostly, not because it's it's problematic magic rules-wise, but it might require a level of magic rules knowledge that the, the casual player doesn't have. Hmm. You know, knowing what a state-based action is from a technical level is different than the sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, the, the sort of intuitive forms of the game. You know, if, if yes. a creature has a toughness and it takes, it takes more than that toughness and damage, it, it dies. Right, it's that's sure. not just that's not just magic. That's D and D too. If you got ten hit points and you and you take fifteen hit, point, hit points of damage, you're dead. Yes. So there there are sort of resonances through games and gaming that you don't have to know are called a state based action in magic. So the 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 card the card I think is just going to cause some head scratching. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was the it was the unstable card that that we most closely looked at and i think i'm not gonna I, I i'm not gonna say who who leaned which way but i think we weren't necessarily even <laughs> unanimous on that we were unanimous enough but uh <laughs> I, I, I don't i don't think it was i don't think it was the meter was pegged all the way to one direction it seems okay because it doesn't affect itself yes it's other cards you control so you can still kill it put, yeah you can still kill it relatively easily uh, I, yeah, I just, I just think that a lot of people are going to be. There's going to, it's going to create some confusion, but it's not so much. There's going to be somebody around. Back in the day, you know, back when I certified as a judge in 1996, to be, to be a high level judge, you had to be a rules guru. Well, there are a lot of people running around today that have what we would have considered back then as guru level rules knowledge. Yeah. So there's always somebody around. You know, there's. There's that level one judge at your shop, or the you know the person that that does your FNMs that that know enough about the rules to to make it a less problematic card. Yeah, like as I've been playing for a very long time, and I was still like, "What the hell is a state based action again?" <laughs> and <No. laughs> it's just like, "Oh god, this is." I'm glad this thing's like a mythic, and we're hardly going to run into it unless yeah. you're playing somebody who's just. Here for giggles because that card is funny, yeah. but uh, gosh, overall though this set looks really fun. I'm looking forward to giving it a try, and at least getting to work it in Commander at least once or twice. I'm planning on making a deck featuring X, who uh, looks super fun, and uh, yeah, I hope that a lot of our listeners out there give this format at least a shot. I mean, it's not going to be for yeah. everybody, but it's worth at least one try just because Commander is so cool, but it also gets stale. And cards like this will definitely shake up your game a little bit, make things a little crazy, and you might find, you know, this isn't for me and I'm going to go back to playing, uh, you know, Narset or whatever. 
But you might also find that, hey, there always was a wild crocodile inside just waiting to come out. (laughs) (laughs) I encourage everyone to just take a look at split screen and imagine the fun stuff you can try to abuse with that. (laughs) Oh, Having four little libraries. Yeah, actually, that does bring up a question that uh, I'd heard on the command zone, and this was making me think all the way home, was split screen says uh, you you split your deck into four parts, Mm -hmm. and you can pick which deck you do something with. Mm -hmm. So if you rampant growth and grab a forest out of deck A, can you shuffle deck B, or do you still have to shuffle deck A? No, you still have to shuffle deck A. Okay. I thought uh, that made the most sense, but also it was just like... Well, it's an onset. Maybe that's going to get weird. Think, of, yeah, but that yeah. that doesn't that wouldn't pass the sniff test. Yeah, I, d- I didn't think so. Do you still have a library if it's empty? Like, yes. can you? Is are you immune to being milled if you have this out? Because you just keep letting making the mill the empty one. Yeah, you st- it's empty. is still a library. Oh, cool! No mill. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is going to, I don't know, I think there's going to be a lot of weirdo things that come out of this. I love it. It's going to be really fun for like a week. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Courser of Crufix, gimme. (laughs) (laughs) Oracle of Maldaya. Yeah, right? Never missing. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, okay, okay. We could go on all day. All right. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. This has been an awesome show, and we hope that... You take advantage of this and play a bunch of silver-bordered cards in all your commander decks from now until January 15th, 2018, at which point the door closes forever, except for our spicy lists. Yeah, and uh, you will turn back into a pumpkin, and all of the cards that Sheldon forced into your deck will be forced (laughs) out of your deck. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And uh, for those of you who were opposed to this and end up doing that anyway, do be aware that the rules committee will be sending people to burn your cards and (laughs) your deck if you just won't give them up. So your whole deck is going to be burned up. And that's the way the rules committee operates. Sorry, them's the rules. Yeah, sorry. Sleeves and all, so you better start on sleeving those now because it takes a while with 100 cards. And uh, we will publish the URL of our list when it is ready. And in the meantime, go back to episode 120, listen to the first half of the show, and then go to the Commander's Brew episode 124 and listen to the second half of the show and you'll you'll hear everything we have to say about unstable cards in Commander. And their video is really spiffy and uh, so... Go take a look at that. Listeners, we want to remind you, you folks rock. You have really made a difference in the community over these last few weeks. Hating on Sheldon aside, because that's just every day pretty much. But really, the community has been coming together, and we think it's very important that we continue to support all people who want to play Magic and build a truly inclusive community, the kind that Wizards really wants us to be. So... Sean, now you have a podcast of your own. Everybody knows this already, but just in case somebody tunes in at the last second and has never heard of you and has never heard of EDH, therefore, how can listeners reach you? Sure. Uh, I'm one half of the team behind the Commander's Brew podcast, all about budget decks and silly comedy videos. And yeah, just commandersbrew.com or at commandersbrew on Twitter. We're on Facebook, all the usuals. It has been genuinely, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at you. <laughs> it has genuinely been 
the fulfillment of a dream to have you on here and to podcast with you and 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 there you go. I can keep gushing, but now I'm fanboying all over you. So. Well, it's, it's been an honor and uh, lovely to meet you, Sheldon. Great to have some words with you. Thanks, Sean. It, it was really nice meeting you as well. And Sheldon, as always, it's it's one of those moments when when we when we say to ourselves, "We're having Sheldon Menery on," we we stop, blink, and go like, "Holy crap, what's happening?" Thank you for coming on. Oh, it's my distinct pleasure. And we love having you on. You can always come on. So the next time you get an inkling to unban a bunch of silver porter cards or whatever, just <laughs> let us know. And rather than sort of you know put this together at the last minute, we'll we'll plan it. We'll 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 have some wine together. We'll make sure we all have a bottle of wine. And Shivam can have some of it. What did you call it? Scrub juice. Scrub juice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Welch's wine now, for all the well. I mean, out there. you know, I'm I'm <laughs> happy. I'm happy to to come back anytime if we're going to make it a regular thing I'll offer I'll offer you two words appearance fee <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Uh we don't have a commander in Hall of Fame yet, but when we do <laughs> you'll have your appearance fees. <laughs> now Sheldon, Sean isn't the only guest on our show tonight who either has or is about to have a podcast. Is that correct? You are correct, sir. Woohoo! My longtime friend, Anthony Alonghi, and I are going to put together in the early part of 2018 a podcast called Elder Dragon Statesman. And we will be the only Commander podcast that features 100 years worth of hosts. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about community about lifestyle and about the the format itself so we're going to cover a lot of territory on magic and commander if you're not familiar with anthony he is a long-term magic writer as a matter of fact back in the early days of star city he and i actually wrote a few columns together back when i wrote ask the judge uh, we would do features every now and again where he would write a bunch of comedy questions and I would answer them in uh, with a with the same kind of tone. So Anthony, Anthony, and I have a pretty similar senses of humor. Uh, so we are going to have some fun with the fact that we are two, as I said earlier, gentlemen of an age <laughs> who still run with you kids. <laughs> so so look for Elder Dragon Statesman. Um, coming soon to a podcast device near you. Oh, we are so excited to hear that. Well, welcome to the Commander community, and we look forward to your content. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the Commander content creator community. Details. (laughs) Details. details. (laughs) That's funny. Well, I hope, you know, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and myself, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say you have. Now, Sheldon, in addition to that fine podcast we're about to start hearing every week or so, how can people find you if they have additional questions? Well, you can find me at Sheldon Menery on Twitter. Obviously, you can find me by the same name on Facebook. 
Uh, and of course, uh, you can find me every Thursday on Star City Games when I write about the best format ever. So special thanks. And Sheldon, you're about to do this too with your own podcast, I hope. Certainly, I will be one of your patrons. Special thanks to our patrons who show their support by donating to us so, so we can keep improving. Anybody who has seen Commander's Brew 125 knows that I am recording from an actual closet. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> I seriously thought he would make it up, but no, it's actually yeah. a closet. No, can it's can an you can closet. see the shirts. <laughs> Each week, we call out three of the patrons who are already helping us, and this week we want to call out Joshua Hutchins, R.G. Bromley, and Randy Davenport. You know, without your continued support, we couldn't do the show as we're doing it, and it helps us with editors, and eventually we'll be able to pay a video editor so we can do regular videos. So if you want to see regular videos from us, buck a show, $4 a month or so, and uh, that's like a pack of magic cards for us. Uh, that we turn into videos. So, <laughs> Sheldon and Sean, would you be willing to take us out? This would be, this is, we've never had two guests take us out on the same show. And the two of you, it's a real honor. Commanderin, not always accurate, but always entertaining. <laughs> Super sweet, totally awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. We will see you oh my next God. week. I almost fainted, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, man, what an opportunity. Thank you for having me. Did All right, gentlemen, the... please stop your recording now. Wait a minute. Yes. Did did we did we do the you can find us at certain spots, you know, where where can people get in contact with oh, you? We we did, but uh Did we? Okay. Didn't we? Aha. Uh-huh. Because we were talking about the podcast, you're right. I am still recording. No, I am still recording. Still recording. Still recording. Actually, listen to me. Commanderin. I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have a chance to tell you. I started a Commander 2017 league based on your league uh, information, like the way you structured it, and it's just a uh-huh. blast. We have been struggling to get together to play, and one of my pieces of feedback to Gavin was that I think I'd rather there be five decks instead of four. Because that way, when somebody can't show up, we can still have a game. Yeah, that's a good one. But, yeah, we, we've been having a blast, too. Turns, it, turns out, all the decks can kill people. <laughs> yeah, they can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There. C-17 is a fantastic set. <laughs> and and we, have, we have started calling um, uh, the, cat, the, the cat lord Arabo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've started calling him Quidgibo. 
which is from oh, a, yes. was from a Simpsons episode. <laughs> Yeah, the Scrabble. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The next time we have you on, Sheldon, I need to tell you about my Chaos Commander theory of using uh, making 50-card decks with each partner. And then when you sit down to play, you and your friends uh, roll Paradise and grab one half of two decks oh and slam them together to make a full brand new uh, Commander deck. So you basically have 15 decks to choose from or 15 halves, and you put them together to make... One new Voltron type commander deck. It's super cool. <laughs> Sleeping might be a problem. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's there are casual. some logistical you difficulties, but yes, sleep. it seems it's it's it seems like a blast. Yeah. Anyways, next Anyways. time. All right. So uh, I'm going to stop recording now. Yep. Or am I am I good to? I can stop. Listen to me. No means no. And I'm not fooling around. No means no.